Welcome to the Rebuild the Body podcast, where we explore ways to better understand what it means to be human, body, and soul. As we develop a better understanding of the Catholic faith in regards to being human, we can discover its impact and helping us to bounce back from injuries, setbacks, and sin in pursuit of our fitness goals and living out our unique role in building up the body of Christ. I'm your host, Marty Langlois. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Rebuild the Body podcast. Uh, first things first, before we get into our episode for today, um, I do want to uh, let you guys know that um, the Catholic Body Image Coaching has begun. It is a one-on-one uh, coaching for four weeks, one hour a week for $200 for this month of December. Um, where we are celebrating Advent, which is a time of preparation. Um, especially as we got our, you know, sorting out our New Year's resolutions for January right now, right around the corner. And as we know, you know, the common core understanding is that when it comes to fitness, the focus is diet and exercise. And don't get me wrong, um, they are important for the journey ahead. We know injuries, setbacks, and mindset might be holding us back and hindering our ability to get moving. So naturally, we have to get inside the mind, process our emotions, and find out why we're stuck and what motivates us. Hence, Catholic body image. We gotta clean up the belief system about the value of our bodies. And as you know, um, very few of us make it past the first two weeks, let alone the first month of the new year. And if you want to get past um, those two weeks and you want to get your body moving, um, let's use this Advent time to develop the mindset necessary and be prepared for 2024 and be among the 4% that actually sticks with the resolution and accomplishes their goals for the year. So, if you are interested, go ahead and reach out to me uh, through Instagram at the Catholic Fitness Coach. You can also reach out to me uh, through uh, email, and I will put that here in the show notes. Um, that being said, moving on to our episode for today. Um, as we read in Psalm 139, uh, verses 1 and 2, it says, Oh Lord, you have str- searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You may have heard me say this before, and I will keep reminding you. As we are body-soul composites, and that every part of the body is an expressive instrument of the soul. Just like music, right? We don't really experience music until someone strums the guitar uh, hits the keys on the piano, bangs the drum. Um, you know, music is invisible until we experience the sound through the instruments or maybe someone singing. The soul does not inhabit the body as a person inhabits a house. Rather, it lives and works in each member, each fiber, and it reveals itself in the body 
and every part of the body's line, contour, and movement. The soul expresses itself in our prayer, whether private or liturgical. Not only by our words, but by our gestures and by the way we present ourselves. Think about it this way. If you were invited to the White House or Buckingham Palace, it's unlikely you would slouch or stand with your hands in your pocket. Your body would communicate what you believe about the office of the president or the monarch. Ergo, our bodies would hopefully communicate respect for the, for the offices. The Bible speaks of several postures of prayer. We got standing, kneeling, bowing, sitting, prostration. The church uses all of them um, at different and appropriate times. Which means our posture matters. <laughs> Not only does our posture matter in prayer, but it makes a difference in how we show up when we're active. How your body moves originates from your standstill posture. <laughs> As a trainer, um, it presents clues to me about your overall mobility and neuromuscular control capabilities. Ergo, a static postural assessment helps to identify what we call muscle imbalances throughout the body. Um, this may not identify the root cause of the impairment, but it does shed some light on the areas of the body that could be contributing to a dysfunction and or quite possibly pain. Now, if the root cause is muscular, exercises that can loosen and strengthen the respective muscles might resolve the problem. <laughs> if not, uh, seeing a specialist like a rheumatologist, getting some x-rays, etc., it may also help identify the roots of your pain. Um, the rounded shoulder posture, which is a very common posture these days, um, indicating some tight neck, um, chest, and shoulders, while indicating weaker muscles in your middle lower back. Sitting at a desk all day could quite possibly be the contributing factor to these issues. Again, Remember, the body is one interdependent system. When one area of the body has an impairment, pain point, right? when one part of the body hurts, it affects the other areas of the body. Uh, the regions above and below especially. Um, for example, if a person demonstrates flat feet and stands with their hips and knees internally rotated, it could indicate... A contributing factor to the flat feet or it could be caused by the flat feet. Essentially what I begin to notice as a trainer is what we call though again that muscle imbalances. Um, in our previous episodes we talked about how the body is integrated and how our muscles are designed for a particular task or movement. Not just 
for the purpose of doing a particular exercise at the gym correctly, but to go about everyday activities like getting out of a chair or bending down to pick up a heavy box, right? Use your legs, not your back. There's a reason for that. However, depending on your lifestyle, like one that involves sitting a lot, whether you're watching TV, uh, sitting in front of a computer for a long time, injuries, chronic health issues, and you know the list goes on. Changes in our joint alignment, mobility, and muscle function are likely to show up. Whatever the reason is, uh, the body will continually adapt and attempt to produce uh, the function outcome requested by the central nervous system. In some cases, taking the path of least resistance uh, to accomplish the functional movement, even if it means calling on muscles like the hamstrings to do the job of the glutes, or more specifically our gluteus maximus, or our butt muscles to perform a squat. That's not their primary role. They're there, they're there to help the glutes. <laughs> Another great example um, of what this might look like is a desk worker may suffer from neck pain due to a forward head posture during prolonged computer work. It's possible that the monitor is not an optimal uh at an optimal position, requiring the individual to assume the forward head. Unfortunately, this adaptability will lead to muscle imbalances uh, that, that could contribute to more beyond a dysfunction and into tissue damage. As the muscle adapts to the chronic positioning, the muscles and connective tissue will become tight and weak in response to the increasing stressor demands. This can result in our cervical stabilizer muscles, like our neck muscles, um, become less efficient as they are pulled out of optimal alignment. Hence, muscle imbalance is a condition in which there is a lack of balance between muscles surrounding the joints. Regardless of the cause, don't worry about the cause right now, muscle imbalance represents altered relations and relationships within the muscle surrounding a joint in an incorrect position. This can contribute to the lack of optimal functioning and affects the entire kinetic chain, again, our entire body, or the overall functioning of your entire body body. Now, certain muscles have a tendency to be overly tight or weak. Um, these commonalities are caused by some of our chronic suboptimal positionings and repetitive movements um, that we encounter every day in our modern society. Again, like sitting at a desk all day, looking down at our phones, wearing high-heeled shoes, or carrying a bag on the same shoulder, just to name a few. These are five factors, the main factors, that influence our muscular imbalances. The first is our chronic suboptimal postures. 
This one is a biggie. Many of us have developed poor posture habits without even realizing it. Mom may have been trying to tell us something about stand up straight, shoulders back, sit up straight at the table. They may have been more than just making her look better. You know, it's not just about whether I was making her look bad. She may have had something beyond that in mind for us. Office workers are particularly susceptible due to the long periods of desk work and looking at computer screens. Workstations both at home and work contribute to neck and arm dysfunction. The poor ergonomic positioning of the computer monitor, the keyboard, the chair, all work to create an environment for the development of some of the postural, postural deviations uh, that we see as personal trainers and you may have. Um, the second um, is habitual repetitive movements. Athletes like swimmers, for example, tend to develop some muscle imbalances. Um, due to the repetitive movements in their strokes, like the freestyle, the butterfly, backstroke, etc., they tend to develop um, overemphasized pectoral chest muscles in relation to the upper back, giving them rounded shoulders. Ergo, uh, repetitive movements can cause some of these muscle imbalances as well by placing demands on certain muscle groups more predominantly. Um, athletes um, aren't the only ones at risk here. Um, repetitive movements we do throughout the course of the day can also contribute to these muscle imbalances that we may have. Um, a construction worker who hammers with the same hand day in and day out. <laughs> Food servers carrying large trays with the same arm every day, all day long. Carrying a purse or a backpack on our favorite shoulder. Moms, especially for this last one. Parent, usually carrying their child on the same hip. Yes, it's very interesting to see the uneven hips in some of these assessments. Um, postural imbalances are also prevalent in the gym with people who tend to focus on certain muscles more than others. Guys who tend to focus more on their chest, biceps, and shoulders tend to develop those rounded shoulders um, as opposed to getting uh, getting some of the benefits from doing some back workouts um, and training those rear delts which can help address address that issue. Um, the third is uh, mo are the movement patterns from acute injuries. So some injuries you know previous injuries can be contributing factors to some of our postural impairments, if you will. For those of us who have had to overcome our injuries in uh, the healing process, some of us may have assumed adaptive postures to avoid pain or to create function using relative flexibility for daily tasks. Even as the pain has subsided, and motion restrictions or strength have returned. The individual may not be able to change their adaptive or compensated movement strategies unless 
the body is reminded to return to a more efficient way of moving. This continued use of the compensated movements alters the loads on the joints and recruiting muscles unrelated to the injuries. Hence, compounding muscle imbalances reflected in our postural changes. For example, an individual with right foot pain may limp during the gait, meaning as they're walking, and use greater hip muscle activity. This may be due to abnormally loading the lower extremity on the non-injured side, and and thereby leading to some new muscle imbalances and injuries, if not corrected. Fourth factor relating to our postural imbalances can occur after surgery. The body repairs itself after surgery, leaving uh, the scar tissue. Um, Surgical scars can be dysfunctional, resulting in some altered compensation movements and postural changes if not addressed. For example, a mother who's had a C-section or two um, or more may present some core instability and weaknesses that can contribute to some low back pain and other um, postural and muscular imbalances. The fifth one here is related to incompletely rehabbing past injuries. As an individual who's gone through my injury with the stroke um, and has been in and out of physical therapy for some other reasons in my life, um, doing the rehab makes a huge difference. And I understand some clients may not be able to finish the rehab um, from past injuries due to some insurance limitations, work demands, and finances. Some may also go through the rehab and not do much for the recovery process outside of the physical therapy or occupational therapy sessions. (laughs) These individuals are at high risk for injury. For example, I had a basketball teammate who didn't do adequate ACL rehab after tearing their ACL. And as a result, tore it again the following season. As a corrective exercise specialist, this may be the case. Um, You need clearance from the doctor. It's not about babying you or avoiding working with you, but making sure you're getting the appropriate service for your respective situation. And yes, there is a place for the physical therapist and then there is a place for the corrective exercise specialist. Um, And and in many cases, they can very well collaborate in their efforts to help you out. So those are the five I have for you today. Um, Again, posture matters, um, not just for how we show up at Mass, how we show up um, for places like the White House or Buckingham Palace, but it also makes a difference in how your body moves and thereby creating a program to enable your body to move effectively, efficiently, and ultimately enable you to achieve your fitness goals 
and live out the unique call God has for you. Um, if you have any questions about coaching, whether it is for the Catholic body image coaching or even some online fitness training, uh, send me, like I said, send me a direct message through Instagram at the Catholic Fitness Coach. Um, or you can email me and I will put that in the show notes for you as well. Um, that being said, continue to build and rebuild in living out your call. I press on, and God bless.